Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. It is a great privilege and an honor to be with you tonight. We are your host, uh, Matthew Miller and Brian Ingram. We have plenty to talk about tonight concerning breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. Just by way of the political intrigue currently taking uh, its toll on the United States of America this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are headlong into this Trump change. Uh, I see it that by every stretch of the imagination, uh, this will be a record-breaking first 100 days of any presidency in history. Uh, very dangerous things unfolding uh, as he seeks poke a stick at more than one hornet's nest. Uh, you do not cross these people without incident. Uh, these people uh, that this current administration is uh, agitating are quite dangerous. Uh, they're known to be uh, sociopaths, even psychotic, uh, and illicitly on more than one occasion, uh, these groups are known to be domestic terrorists. Of course, we're talking uh, about well, those topics uh, that are rather uh, politically incorrect to talk about. Just remember this, and remember it full well. You can mark my words. Come that day, ah yes, Operation Eagle's Wings. Amen, amen. May it be so.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, well, it is a privilege and an honor to be with you tonight. Uh, it's just uh, unbelievable uh, the things going on in the news. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but let us introduce ourselves, shall we? Uh, we are your host. Uh, I am Matthew Miller. And uh, if you want to know, uh, people have been urgently uh, inquiring as to uh, my bio. I shall make it short, sweet, to the point. I am an isochronal eschatologist. I am a biblical mechanic. Um, I am a celestial somologist. Uh, I am an expert in both the original tongues of the Bible, God's holy word, that being Hebrew and Greek. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, I am also an expert in end-time entities, um, and we're probably going to talk about things that's off the beaten path, so to speak, that you might be familiar with, but take courage. I'm sure that uh, uh, if you do make inquiry as to some of the things that I discuss or Brian discusses, uh, both of us will literally bend over backwards to make sure uh, that you uh, receive uh, some understanding and insight uh, into ways that you might uh, uh, come to the knowledge that we're sharing tonight. Um, so, Brian, uh, why don't you jump here in the saddle and give an introduction to yourself. Uh, people have been asking me what degree it is uh, that you have on top of a history degree, and I've been kind of chuckling at that. Um, and others was asking me if you also uh, had degrees in some uh, pseudo uh, sciences uh, that absolutely amazed me. I, I didn't know that uh, archaeoastronomy was a degree uh, that could be sought after and obtained. But uh, please jump on in here and uh, give everybody an intro, please. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and yep, this is your other host, Brian. Degrees, good grief. I'm really being asked this. Uh, I thought it was pretty much common knowledge that I busted my tail and pretty much self-taught by going through tons upon tons of varied historical references and books all throughout, written throughout uh, different varied areas. So I don't know. <laughs> I should technically have degrees, but get a hold of the Veterans Administration and ask them why they wouldn't allow me to go to school for the things I wanted to. So not my real, uh, not much I could do in that department. So, well, we certainly uh, understand the military side of the issues. Uh, make no mistakes, Brian. I want you to lead off tonight. Um, last couple of episodes, uh, <laughs> you seem to uh, trump me anyway. Uh, sorry, the pun. Ladies and gentlemen, but that is the truth. Uh, so let's just uh, get to the plate with what uh, you've been scanning over, what you've seen this week, please. Uh, because we've got so much. And ladies and gentlemen, Brian and I really do hate to cover uh, these political uh, issues uh, that are at home. We see no benefit to it. We've seen no benefit to it in the past to talk about American issues. Uh but ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I think that Brian and I are being pushed to do this because 
this current administration has done so much uh, in its first hundred days. Well, just here this week, uh, Brian sends me a message that uh, he's uh, Trump uh, wanted to change things uh, by signing three more executive orders. Um, one just astounds me. He signed an executive order prohibiting the very people that he has appointed to post from conducting, uh, well, lobbying actions. Uh, next, uh, he certainly got the military involved uh, with passing a National Security Council executive order. And, of course, the executive order on how the military planned to defeat IS, ISIS, the bride of the Assyrian himself, prophetically speaking. Absolutely amazing. Uh, but, Bri, uh, jump in here and uh, let us know uh, what has caught your attention uh, here as of late. Well, in the course of the last week, as Matthew just pointed out, he's gone on a scramble of signing just one presidential order after another, some of these being executive orders, some of them being statements, you know, varying odds and ends. I've been watching from day one. I knew to watch from day one. You know, and as Matthew put up, we usually don't like to cover uh, United States politics, but this is the only thing flooding the news and rightfully so, because a lot of these activities have many in the international community kind of concerned. Um, we had two different things happen with the U.N. in the last week. Now, there was a bill that was pushed through the Senate, and I don't know if this is true. Somebody claimed that that bill has been put into the Senate before. I've never personally watched the varied bills put into the Senate, so I don't know this. But nonetheless, the bill stating that we basically... Uh, American Sovereignty Act for the United States to leave the U.N., which is setting us up to be in the perfect position for future events. With that in mind, on top of it now, a new appointee to the U.N., which has no prior political background whatsoever, had been sent into the U.N. this week and already started basically acting like a bull in a china shop and pretty much stating uh, we're coming in and we're taking names, you know, and on down the line here, not exactly in a very positive light. And all of this was concerning things that have been going on with legislation that has been passed concerning Israel. And now basically nonstop moves have been being made by this administration to pretty much block any negative um, legislation that's put in concerning Israel. And that's not that I'm saying there's a problem with that, but as far as looking at the international stage, that is problematic from the standpoint that it is going to get to the point where it's going to so thoroughly tick off all the other nations that there's going to be repercussions. Now, ironically enough, in the midst of all this, and it was a very peculiar number, but I want people to think in reverse order here when you hear this. Housing projects started again in, I can't remember if it was eastern or western Jerusalem, for 153 
new homes to be built. Now, everybody, your memory should automatically be going to 153 fish in the net. Yet, let her remind everybody there's a mirror to that one. States, first, I'm going to send out fishers, then hunters. So that caught my attention quite quickly. Now, within the course of the last few days, and I haven't had time to go over these three new ones that were um, passed today, these three new bills which it's rather shocking that they were put through on a Saturday, for Pete's sakes. But nonetheless, I guess that's relevant at this point. We also had the one that went into effect that was banning any of the refugees that were coming in. But folks, if you took note of the majority of the nations listed on that ban list, these were nations and are nations that we have been actively bombing. How many people have you heard bring up the fact that we're bombing Yemen and Sudan? And can I ask why? But notoriously missing from those lists was anybody that this new president has been doing business with. Which makes you kind of scratch your head just a little bit. Um, we had the law that he was promising to build a wall. And you must have fallen on your head quite a few times if you somehow came into the thought form that Mexico was going to agree to pay for that wall. Not rocket science here. So his response was to turn around and add a 20% tariff tax on anything coming from Mexico. I mean, this list just keeps going and going and going for Pete's sakes. And the entire, anywhere you look in the news right now, it is flooded non stop with this garbage and it's to the point that you you have to basically dig to try to find anything else that's going on anywhere in the world no doubt to that no doubt to that Bry. uh oh my goodness uh how do i want to start this because we got a very important question that needs to be addressed um and, of course, somebody uh, the other day uh, sent me an inquiry. What was Brian talking about, the Palachette? Um, and he had spelled it wrong, and it, and I was just like, well, we need to ask Brian. Um, we need to put that to him. Uh, that is his forte. He's done – oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea uh, the amount of hardship self-inflicted upon the bride to try to get to the root of the sea people. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, I, I sent uh, Brian a link uh, to this post over there on the social networking site where it talks about something else, and I'll address that here in just a minute. I have to answer uh, somebody's question. Uh, of course, uh, our dear sister Jennifer had jumped in there and tried to explain uh, because somebody on the social networking site, one of my friends, put this in to what I was talking about. He said, I still don't know what that means. Uh, so uh, Jennifer helped us out. But this is the more important issue uh, at hand, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Brian, can, can you please uh, help us to understand who the Philistines are? Do they have anything to do with the Palestinians? Uh and does this have uh, anything to do with what Academia has dubbed uh, the Palachet, um, these 
these pictures, of course, when you see uh, the sea people in these headdresses um, in the archaeological finds. We, we cannot deny this, ladies and gentlemen. They're right there staring us in the face. Uh, so, Brian, can you please bring us up to speed uh, on the difference therein? Are the Palestinians the Philistines? Uh, because we uh, have some things about Bible prophecy and alphanumerics that I need to address, but this is a more important issue that people figure out. Uh, you know, are they supposed to uh, hate uh, the Palestinians because they're the they're the Philistines uh, and they uh, are the uh, Palisset? Uh, please help us out with this, Bri, uh, because, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to stand right where Brian directs us to stand, and let me say that. Let me say us. Uh, whatever it is that uh, Brian uh, sets into stone as to where our feet is going to stand, that's where you're going to find me standing. Uh, so it's good that this question came up uh, with this uh, palisette, not the palachette. Don't Don't misspell it because then you won't be able to find it in your searches, ladies and gentlemen. Academia... Uh, they call this the P-E-L-E-S-E-T, the Palisette. Uh, so, Brian, please bring us up to speed on uh, these issues. Uh, let me comment first on that last commentary. Uh, it, looking at a Palisette, because it's been spelled so many different ways within the academic communities, due to the fact that you have to understand that there's no vowels for instance, in most ancient languages, but nonetheless in the ancient Egyptian language. So some of the people have referred to them as the Pelashet or the Peliset or even the Felaset. It gets a little bit confusing because they're having to interject um, letters that actually are not there. And that's what's made identifying the sea people even more of an um, interesting investigation, to say the least. Now, Let's go first with the ancient Philistines, or as most people would try to say in today's terms, Palestinians, which is not correct, and you'll understand why when we get to the end of this. The ancient Philistines, or Peliset, as brought up previously, the Bible states emphatically that they came from Captorum of Crete. Okay, so we know that they're originating landmass, they're originating location they came from the area around Crete. Now, this is the people that uh, commonly are showed within the Egyptian uh, images uh, concerning when the sea people attacks happened are the ones wearing feathered headdresses. Now, to kind of throw in a little bit of a curveball, and it's one that really had me scratching my head and thinking due to the fact of what the word for Persia, what another meaning of that exact spelling in the Hebrew is, because it's, as we had brought up before when we did for, uh, on the YouTube video, the wings from the north, that's also another word for essentially a bird of prey. And Velikovsky had brought forward some rather entertaining, um, how would we say this, speculation that it might have been the actual ancient Persians. And that one has had me scratching my head for some time. Now, I know a mass majority of the scholars have already stated this is the ancient Philistines. So for the time being, we'll keep with that for now. But nonetheless, 
it's kind of interesting to think over because Velikovsky had some really interesting points with what he stated. Now, who are the people that are in the, the modern-day area that is either referred to as Palestine or Israel because they can't seem to figure out which one? Well, if you go back and look into your historical documentation, everybody, you're going to find out that they came in from Jordan. And this is most books that talk about that time frame are going to tell you that emphatically, that the people that are calling themselves Palestinians today are actually Jordanians. Therefore, what does that make them? Well, in the terms that we can understand, those are the sons of Lot, folks. They are not the ancient Palestinians. Now, were the ancient are the ancient Philistine, where they went, I don't know. I have not been able to trace that out. It's almost as if they've just completely vanished in history once the end of them being driven out of Israel and the end of the Sea People invasions. So where are they now? No idea. But it's not the people that are in modern-day Israel as we speak. Once again... Those people are from Jordan. They are the sons of Lot. Now, this is key critical, ladies and gentlemen, to eschatology, especially isochronally speaking, because, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it out of Brian's mouth many times, that time is cyclical, and uh, the Bible, God's holy word, has a lot to say about these children of Lot. Uh it is they that the Bible, God's holy word, clearly says that the Assyrian is going to go behind the scenes and help the children of Lot, of course, being Moab and Ammon. So uh, this has deep-rooted uh, prophetic ramifications, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'm going to uh, jump over, and uh, I just uh, want to put out there on a social networking site that I hope that uh, Amy, uh, Tammy Ecclesia, her question was answered. Uh, she's a friend of mine. If you would like to, um, to become sisters with her, uh, that's, uh, that's her name on the social networking site. And it was very important uh, that we ask Brian that uh, publicly. Uh, because Brian has explained that a couple of times, but uh, we understand that uh, these things can be quite difficult to wrap your head around, especially when you go to uh, the other entertainment sites like YouTube uh, and you type in uh, the Palisette or you type in the Palestinians. Uh, we understand that there's a lot of people out there uh, that uh, present themselves as accredited in said field in order to deceived bride so it's 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 very important that we keep our mind uh, on that woman and she has to prepare uh, her garments she has to make her garments white um and amy uh, tammy ecclesia can certainly uh help you out in that matter so uh, she has learned this before but obviously got a little bit confused and and like i said uh, this poor person uh that's not uh, a part of our inner circle, so to speak, uh, being the Ecclesia on the social networking site, uh, whenever they sent me that 
that question, and I realized they had misspelled it wrong. Uh, they thought that Brian and I were, you know, making stuff up. No, not n- not at all. Um, it's just that, as Brian pointed out, they misspell it. They turn it around. They turn it upside down. Then they paint it a different color, and then they put wallpaper over top of that. So, so it's it's very important that we understand that these people, no matter who they are today, they are nothing more than attached via puppet strings to the Assyrian himself, the false prophet that will rise, and that may very well be at work behind the scenes even as we speak. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me address uh, the other question that was a part of this post. Uh, This is what uh, uh, I posted uh, as a riddle, so to speak. Um, on the social networking site, I said, why would the Lord, our God, place the equation for the year 5777 exactly 50 times in the Masoretic text? Of course, we had some very good uh, comments by Rob Hall. I hope you don't mind uh, us mentioning that. Of course, it is a good light. Um, and uh, Carol Risch as well. Uh, but uh, more to the point, uh, we had a friend there that, that, that said they didn't understand. They give some very, very, very good uh, Apple uh, numerical equations. They had either come to their own conclusion or had heard somewhere else that we were actually in the year 6168. But my comments confused him. He didn't understand what I was saying. And, of course, uh, Jennifer, uh, our dear sister, helped us out and helped him to understand what we were talking about. But this is very important, ladies and gentlemen, that you understand that When you read the Bible, God's holy word, as God spoke it, they didn't have numbers back then. Uh, This is very confounding to Americans or all of us in the West because even upon our keyboards, we don't type out T-W-O-T-H-R-E-E. We use numerals. Okay, we use the one or the two or the three. Hebrew and Greek never had those. It was always used by the Lord your God because it was always an alphanumerical language. And a very simple definition for that is this. It's not just a letter you're reading. It's also a number. And God, uh, through uh, the book of Ezekiel, he taught us that sometimes he uses a standard measuring rod, and there are other times when he uses a royal measuring rod or measuring standard. And some translations has read, which adds, of course, a digit of incrementation to that number. Now, Hebrew does this by using the five final forms of those five final letters, numerical value. And the same, of course, uh, with the Greek. You all know this uh, from the book of Revelation, the infamous uh, 666. If you look at that, it's written in the royal count. You're forced to look at it because there he, of course, uses the final sigma, not the regular sigma. He uses the final sigma, and in the royal count, that is reduced. It's just the exact opposite as the Hebrew. You should immediately realize why, because 
Well, Greek is actually even written in the opposite direction as Hebrew. So you should see that should come naturally to you. That, this is why uh, this is part and parcel with the importance of understanding why it is uh, that even the alphanumerics uh, from the count to the royal count is exactly inverted from Hebrew to Greek. That was the only way God could put this much information with what comes out of his mouth into the Bible, his holy word. So with this in mind, uh, we need to take a, a serious look at the verse in question, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, this year, when you look at the phrase here in Amos, the first chapter in the eighth verse, it has within it the year we are presently in. That is, on the Hebrew calendar, it's the year 5777. That equation is in this verse, and ladies and gentlemen, from the very beginning of the election, the inauguration of our current executive in chief, he has been poking a stick at Dinians. So when you take a deep breath and realize that this is what the Lord our God says about such things, uh, and implementing this into his holy word, uh, it's absolutely amazing. But I'm going to read this uh, out of uh, the literal translation uh, written by Green. Uh, I strongly suggest that you get it for the simple fact that uh, the New Testament uh, is, of course, a translation from the Adito Regia. It's very important that you understand this, and when you search it, uh, there was some consternation with how he named this. He named it the KJ-3, and he shouldn't have because he realized uh, that the Adido Regia was in fact the correct, uncorrupted Greek manuscript. Uh, but anyway, that is beside the point. Um let us look at this verse, and, and just to make sure you understand, this verse, alphanumerically speaking, has within it this year, and it's amazing that this issue is on the table right now, as we speak, with funding to both the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. So let's take a deep breath. What does God have to say here? Uh, Amos, the very first chapter and verse 8, and I will cut off. Ashdod's dwellers, and him who holds the scepter from Ashkelon. And I will turn my hand against Ekron, and the remnant of the Philistine shall perish, says the Lord Jehovah. Just take note. Uh, we have no idea how that's pronounced. Some people pronounce it Jehovah, and that's just fine, but please take note that this is part and parcel with the promises made to the Technon Epigalia. We have no idea how to pronounce Hebrew because uh, God saw fit to remove all of the vowels. So you have no idea how to pronounce it. Uh, so I didn't want to upset anybody. I hope I pronounced it uh, the way that your heart uh, has learned to pronounce it. But encoded here, uh, the phrase, you 
have to realize something right off the bat, ladies and gentlemen. It's very important that you understand that uh, this mentions, uh, of course, Ashkelon. It's very important. Uh, and, of course, the Philistines. Realize this. None of the locations mentioned in this verse are in the Gaza Strip or the West Bank. God went way out of his way to make sure nobody would be confused because the perfect way for God to confuse us would have been included towns that are located in those two districts, which is part and parcel with the most grandiose cup of trembling. That's remember that. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that it was uh, a foreign news source that put out uh, first that uh, Trump change included the defunding of the Palestinians. Uh, but here, uh, I'm going to read a little bit from this from RT, which is a Russian news source, which all the conspiracy theorists have been saying is what really, uh, through hacking, got Trump inaugurated. Uh, here's the headline. Palestinian Authority did receive Obama's final $221 million aid payout, Abbas advisor. You have to realize that at first, RT published that they did not receive the $221 million aid to the Palestinians. However, they've corrected it with an article. So let us see what it is that we can see. Uh, the much-discussed uh, $221 million transfer to uh, Palestine authorized by Barack Obama just hours before Trump was sworn into the presidency has already reached and Gaza an advisor to Palestinian President uh, Muhammad Abbas claimed. A direct quote, we have already received the last sum assigned by Obama's administration. They have transferred this money. Assam Zlomat, strategic affairs advisor to the Palestinian president, told RIA in an interview on Thursday. So, um, it, just so everybody knows, uh, whatever it is uh, that the Lord our God has encoded to us in this particular verse, stamped, cyclically speaking, with this temporal uh, reference here to this year by the Lord our God in the Bible, his holy word does not include any city uh, that is included in the Gaza Strip or the West Bank. Uh, but that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you can expect something. And you can expect something grandiose. Uh, it's just amazing uh, that – Brian, I hate talking about this and we're being forced to, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because he's provoking all the wrong people. You do not uh, poke a stick into the hornet's nest uh, that is inhabited by the tree huggers. It's a matter uh, of public fact. 
They have performed acts of terrorism domestically. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not defund the people who take vacuum cleaners and suck out the own, their own babies from their own wombs without repercussion. There will be violence. You do not think that you can just by fiat pass executive orders authorizing both pipelines that are currently, or was at least, being protested by camps especially those that were being uh, directed uh, by the American Indian councils. You don't do that without repercussions. Uh, Of course, those that are in the alternative gender field, from what I've read, they are very afraid that he's going to go to work on them next, and I fully expect that to be the case. But, ladies and gentlemen, I I don't know how to avoid this. I don't know how to get around it, ladies and gentlemen, because this is real. I mean, this is what happened, okay? Trump's new envoy to the United Nations told them that We are taking names of the allies not backing the U.S. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not threaten the United Nations. You just don't. You don't do it. Uh, (laughs) You do not make statements worded like this and expect them to be politically correct, and I quote, for those that don't have our back. We're taking names? Ladies and gentlemen, that is an overtly and obviously a threat. Let me read the whole exact quote. For those that don't have our back, we're taking names. We will make points to respond to that accordingly. Bry, that's a threat. That's a threat even on the street. Even gangbangers know that. That's a threat. Uh, Your thoughts on that? Uh, Your thoughts on – because it's my personal feeling, Brian – Everything that he signed so far, everything that he said so far, is forcing us down the bottleneck of the rise of nationalism. Uh, and then he threatens our allies. Uh, please, your thoughts on this? Uh, maybe you got a different take on it, but I, I just can't believe that this new envoy worded it like that. Right. That, that's what a gangbanger would say, right? Or, or am I wrong? Your thoughts, please. In a roundabout way, pretty much. I mean, and this we, we stated this before. What is 
Okay, every leader is put in place for a purpose. If we like this or not, step back and take a look and question what is the purpose, though. It's been said before. It'll be said again. The Ten Kings have to have a reason to burn her. And each and every one of these actions are pushing things in that direction as we speak. Now, for instance, Matthew brought up the pipelines. Would anybody care to explain to me why it is that the U.S. is once again setting up to move oil when it's already common knowledge that the oil market has been absolutely flooded and we've already previously seen oil completely devalued? But now, on top of it, the United States is going to add back into the pool and cause more issues. And Matthew, since you live in that neck of the woods, I haven't been able to ask you this. What is going on as far as the uh, oil pumps out there right now? Are they even pumping again? Most of them are pumping, but many of them, and scattered throughout, and the only reason why I've noticed is because I have eyes for it, a lot of them are shut down. Of course, they have to be because the uh, price of the barrel of oil has been so low. So this is even going to compound that situation, and people don't have the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding to, 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 <laughs> to realize what's going on, Brian. Uh, the only way we would – reason why we want these pipelines open and go full barrel is because the plan is for us to supply our own oil. Uh, Look, Bri, that's the only thing that makes sense, and, and, and we can't do that. We – look, ladies and gentlemen, whether you and I like it or not, this is how OPEC was set up. It was set up on a United States warship in World War II. That's where the uh, uh, Saudi people and all the OPEC uh, princes gathered… And and we gave our word that through this mechanism of OPEC uh, that they would be able to feed their people. And and <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you remember that the people in Saudi Arabia, they're not a part of the House of Saud. Oh, for God's sakes. They're just people. Most of them are just people. And most of them cannot ever know or learn about the machination of salvation. Because if they talk about him, if they mention the Lord Jesus Christ, they will lose their heads. So uh, with this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I hope you appreciate uh, the answer that I gave to Brian. Um, back to you, Brian. Scrolling over Israeli news, and unfortunately, the mass majority of that once again blindsided our favorite name. But nonetheless, here's an interesting little one. This was released a couple days ago, I think, 26th. So, yeah, this was released Thursday. And the UN occupation in Jerusalem. Ariak King leads protest against UN occupation of government house. In Jerusalem, 
failure to pay property taxes and illegal construction. The protest was organized by the Israel Land Fund. The protesters demonstrated against the UN's occupation of the premises without paying property taxes and the construction by the UN organization of illegal structures in Israel's capital. So that's uh, rather interesting in light of everything else that's going on here concerning the UN. Look at this last paragraph in this article. I found this in Israel National News. Government House served the residents of the High Commission of the British Mandate in the land of Israel. Lord Herbert Plumer, the International Red Cross, took over the facility temporarily during the War of Independence in 1948 before turning the property over to the UN, which continued to manage the property in no man's land between the Israeli and Jordanian-controlled sections of Jerusalem. The Israeli government announced following the Six-Day War that it was putting government house at the disposal of the UN, and the site has been under UN control ever since. Now we're going to jump over to, uh, let's see, this, and, yep, they're both going to go hand in hand because Matthew just covered this. The banning on the refugees. And, folks, I think it's pretty much common knowledge right now that I'm not too keen on the fact that all these actions are continually taken against the refugees from nations which we initiated war and have been bombing from day one. And that will become quite a bit more clear here as I read this. Following U.S. President Donald Trump's ban on Muslims entering the U.S., Iran's Foreign Ministry on Saturday announced the country would take appropriate counselor legal and political measures against the ban. Iran also announced a reciprocal ban on U.S. citizens wishing to enter Iran and denounced the U.N. ban as a flagrant insult to the Islamic world. The new ban applies to all persons wishing to enter the United States from Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. I'm going to stop there again. Let me repeat. Every nation outside of Iran listed here are nations that we have been bombing and continue to bomb to this very day. Even though we've never once declared war on any of these nations. Let's see here. Let me move forward. Okay, the nation's listed for an initial and extendable period of 90 days. It also suspends the U.S. refugee admission program for 120 days until it can be reinstated for those nationals of countries who can be properly vetted. Under the new policy, Syrian refugees are banned indefinitely from entering the U.S. However, none of the countries from which the 9-11 terrorists came are included in Trump's ban. Wonder how many people notice that. United States government decision to restrict Muslims traveling to America through for a temporary three month period is a flagrant insult to the world of Islam and the great Iranian nation in particular, read an Iranian statement. The measure, unlike claims to counter terrorism and preserve the security of the American nation, will go down in history as a great gift, radical. 
Anybody catch that? Sounds to me like somebody has uh, going to make a repercussive measure. All right, last paragraph here. The United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees also condemned Trump's decision and called on the U.S. to continue allowing refugees entry. Once again, we have another uh, article. This one's out of Rudal, which is the uh, Kurdistan news source that good majority um, myself, I use, and some of our listeners now use as well. EU ambassador, we do not facilitate migration of ethnic religious minorities. European Union message to the ethno-religious minorities in Iraq and those asylum in Europe in general is that they should stay in their country and not risk their lives through illegal routes. EU ambassador to Iraq, Patrick Simonot, told Radah in an interview that the EU is not facilitating the migration of ethnic or religious minorities said the EU has sent to Iraq millions of euros worth of humanitarian aid to people's lives, especially in areas liberated from ISIS, and to address the issue that may push migrate. Now, folks, anybody that's paying attention, warned this is going to happen prior to the retaking of Mosul, which they've taken in part now, and they're still trying to take the other portion of it. This was going to cause a humanitarian aid Disaster, and this was known ahead of time. And now you have statements like this coming out of the EU. Now the EU is already in trouble, and that has become more apparent in the last week as multiple news stories came out stating exactly that. And the beginning when we went back to podcasts, went back to the audio format, I warned to watch for this very thing. I warned watch for the EU to start crumbling, NATO to start having issues, Saudi Arabia to start having problems, watch for Kurdistan to be named as a nation, and watch for the rising power of the Iranians and the Shiite Muslims, which are aligned with them. Each and every one of these things is exactly what we're seeing take place as we speak. And if you continue to watch the news... And just keep your eye out for stories such as this. You're going to see it happening nonstop. I mean, we literally have a realigning of world powers going on as we speak. And maybe that should make more sense in light of why we see this nation suddenly making all these new alliances. And threatening our allies. It just... Ladies and gentlemen, it's off the charts. You know, let's let's throw this in here. I have to. It's part of uh, the failure of Obama to implement any change whatsoever, and thus being headlong into the first 100 days of Trump change. This is a straight out of the Washington Post. Headline, the doomsday clock just advanced, thanks to Trump. Now it's just two and a half minutes to midnight. Now, let me read the very first paragraph so you know and understand who did this. Now it's two and a half minutes to midnight according to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientist, which warned Thursday that the end of humanity may be near. 
I want you all to take note as to the reason why uh, they probably did so. Um, you, of course, heard uh, the Brian I speak about isochronal eschatology. I think it was last week. Um, I was very excited uh, that uh, Peter Turkin had finally made it into uh, mainstream news in this window of opportunity of promoting cleodynamics. Because what that is, ladies and gentlemen, is Prof. Turkin has come up with a mathematical way to detect time being cyclical. This is why, and Brian and I uh, shared uh, that article with you, if not last week, I think it might have been the week before that. That's why the doomsday clock has been set forward. It's got nothing to do with Trump. Uh, just the uh, mainstream media wanted you to think that. Uh, and you have to admit, the Washington Post is as mainstream news as you can get. Uh, so, uh, let me read just a little bit about this article. Uh, I'm sorry to spend so much time on the Trump change. I know that uh, the Ecclesia is not used to it. Brian and I usually don't talk about it, but I, I, I think I need to. Uh, continuing on with the second paragraph of this article, uh, the group behind the famed Doomsday Clock announced at a news conference that it was adjusting the countdown to the end of it all by moving the hands 30 seconds close to midnight, the closest the clock has been to Doomsday since 1953, after the United States tested its first thermonuclear device. Followed months later, by the Soviet Union's hydrogen bomb test. It announced that the doomsday clock was moving 30 seconds closer to the end of humanity. The group noted in 2016, the global security landscape darkened as the international community failed to come effectively to grips with humanity's most pressing existential threats, nuclear weapons and climate change. But the organization also cited the election of President Trump in changing the symbolic clocks. Direct quote, Making matters worse, the United States now has a president who has promised to impede progress of these fronts. Theoretical physicist Lawrence M. Cross, now isn't that an interesting name, and retired Navy Rear Admiral, David Tiddley wrote in a New York Times op-ed on behalf of the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, never before has the Bulletin decided to advance the clock largely because of the statements of a single person. But when that person is the new president of the United States, his words matter. David Tiddley from the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists said, the Trump administration needs to state clearly and unequivocally that it accepts climate change caused by human activity as reality. No problem can be solved unless its existence is first recognized. 
I said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just take note uh, who he is. He is a retired Navy Rear Admiral. The clock is symbolic, continuing on with the article, sitting at the intersection of art and science, and it has wavered between two minutes and 17 minutes till doom since its inception in 1947. A board of scientists and nuclear experts meet regularly to determine what time it is on the doomsday clock. That is as far as I will progress with this. But now looking down, I immediately change my own mind because I just happened to see 153. Uh, the clock was last moved in 2015 when two minutes were taken away to express the group's dissatisfaction on world progress, on unchecked climate change, global nuclear weapons, modernizations, and outsized nuclear weapons arsenals. Those issues, the group said at the time, pose extraordinarily and undeniable threats to the continued existence of humanity. The Bulletin of Atomic Scientists was founded by some of the people who worked on the Manhattan Project. One of them, nuclear physicist Alexander Longsdorf, was married to artist Myrtle Longsdorf. She created the clock and set it at 7 minutes to midnight, or 11.53, for the cover of the group's magazine. Her husband moved the time four minutes later in 1949. And I think I will stop right there. I think I've said enough about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I assure you that the scientists are under the advisement of cleodynamics, what we call in the biblical academic community isochronal eschatology because the atomic scientists know full well that the Lord our God taught us how to and the proper way to view corporeal events. Time is cyclical. He said so himself in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's just get Brian's uh, blurb on that article and uh, what he thinks about this. Uh, before we take a much-needed break here on the End Time Tribune. Bri? Uh, personally, I kind of think that was a given that they were going to launch that article at some point here. And, uh, you know, I find it surprising because I know some people were pointing their fingers due to the fact where, you know, you said the different sources were also pointing at the new Trump presidency. But the bigger problem is is the rise of nationalism, like you brought up before. And there's been several warnings. Even one came out of the Pope's mouth earlier in the week about the warning of Hitler-type leaders coming to the forefront. And I know this stirred up a lot of controversy amongst many, but essentially, as some friends of ours had even broke it down further to state flat out, it's just anybody that is coming to the table that has hatred for another whatever it may be, for a religion, uh, sexual preferences, anything different, etc. 
So, you know, not too keen on this from several several groups stating, and this has been something they've been watching for for quite some time since our election had started. They started watching for this rise of nationalism, and it took off like a firestorm as many right-wing leaders were coming to the forefront, moving for elected positions in other nations throughout, especially the European Union. So they're rightly concerned, I'd have to say. Yes, they are uh, rightly concerned indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's break uh, comes to you via Yesenia, uh, a very beautiful woman that is attempting with all of her heart, soul, and mind and strength uh, to get her garments white and ready for the coming of Christ the King. Uh, She diligently uh, requested uh, a couple of songs from a particular group. Ah, yes, mercy me. Mercy, mercy, mercy me. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk. By your side I can only imagine What my eyes will see When your face Is before me I can only imagine
is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. You are listening to the End Time Tribune.
Welcome back, well, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune. Uh, we are your hosts, Brian Ingram and Matthew Miller. It is a great honor and privilege to be able to uh, come before you uh, tonight and talk about all things biblical, uh, breaking news and current events pertaining to Bible prophecy. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right back in it. Uh, we've had some things over the past week that are just quite literally off the charts as far as I am concerned, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is uh, right off of the UN.org website, uh, UN News, Mongolia. Lethal livestock plague now hitting endangered antelope warns UN agency. Um this is uh, published the 27th of January, 2017. Uh, it's just off the charts. Uh, said that uh, 10% of this uh, particular uh, subspecies of Saiga antelopes uh, population have been found dead. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is catastrophic. Uh, to this already endangered antelope, uh, just quite literally uh, off the charts. Um, ladies and gentlemen, here we have um, – this was uh, published in the DailyMail.co.uk. Mysterious dolphin deaths continue as three wash up on British beach. Um, this mysterious mini-epidemic of dolphin deaths has continued – as they uh, as the mutilated bodies of three more have been found washed up on a Cornish beach um the comment uh, from the investigating uh, officer said that uh, uh sadly all deceased as investigations start into how the dolphins ended up here and it gives a warning uh to disturbing content uh, the mysterious mini-epidemic dolphin deaths has continued as uh, the mutilated bodies of three more have been found washed up on a Cornish beef, uh, beach. Cornwall Wildlife Trust is urging people to report any beached marine animals they find as they try to discover uh, the threats to the species. It comes less than a fortnight after ten dead dolphins were found on the shores in the West Country in as many days, prompting fears among conservationists over the exact cause. Um, ladies and gentlemen, these things just continue and continue and continue. Uh, this straight out of ABC2news.com, uh, a neighbor's upset over fish a kill in the Bird River, a neighborhood still uh, cleaning up the mess. Um, this is in White Marsh, Maryland. Uh, neighbors are still cleaning up fish along Bird River after a fish kill in December. Uh, now they're concerned about what's causing the mass die-off in the present tense. Take note in the present tense. I don't remember fish kills uh, like we've been having lately. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is just off the charts. Uh, the fish kill in December affected about 6,000 freshwater fish, uh, many of which are still lying around uh, the Lower Lee Beach community. 
the smell is terrible. And then the visual, too, of the buzzards doing the cleanup with their job. Nobody likes seeing that. It's disgusting. Uh, this particular individual said by way of implying that, of course, God had designed the buzzards with this particular job. And this particular person is quite correct. Then it goes on to make me furious. Now this straight out of this article. Fish kills are not uncommon, according to the Maryland Department of the Environment. Oh yeah, about 100 happen every year. In 2015, there were only 86. Oh, really? Really? It's funny how these things did not even enter uh, the mainstream news, uh, the term fish kill or bird kill, uh, until 2011. But let's move on uh, to uh, this uh, breaking news that come out in LiveScience.com uh, yesterday on January the 27th, 2017. Uh, Splitsville, a two-mile-long crack opens up in the Arizona desert. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this straight out from the article, a gaping two-mile-long crack has opened in the barren earth in Arizona, and it will likely continue to grow, geologists say. Um, they go on, the scientists uh, go on to dub this an enormous gash. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure uh, that if we were to continue reading this, that they would explain to us how this uh, <laughs> uh, this crack um, in the Arizona uh, desert uh, that was tens of feet deep in some spots is, by some extrapolation, perfectly normal. Uh, but I won't continue to read the article, as I have no want uh, nor desire to be lied to um, by these academics. Um, ladies and gentlemen, even on the science front, everything continues to be absolutely off the charts. Uh, Brian, your thoughts and comments, please. Uh, on anything that you have seen uh, concerning um, earth changes, uh, so to speak. Well, I mean, as you pointed out, a mass majority of these uh, fish kills are varied animal kills, as a matter of fact. And again, anything that has uses some sort of magnetic navigational Technique, I guess, I don't know what word to use there on that one, seems to be the main targets, which tells me that obviously the magnetic field is in major disarray, which we've known for quite some time. We've had several major volcanoes go off in this last week. Um, yeah, I saw that one too that you just sent me there, Matthew. Scientists unveil a new form of matter-time crystals. Yep, and another one here that you uh, posted throughout the week. Diamond Vice turns hydrogen metal. 
80-year quest, which is rather interesting. And now that the metal even comes up, there was reports, I believe it was coming out of Russia, that they devised some kind of metal for their tanks that is... um, what would you state for this? Not quite destroyable, which, if that really is the case, that's kind of rather frightening, having a tank on the battlefield that can't be stopped by anything. Um, had tons of uh, sinkholes have been opening up all over the place. Griffin cracks showed up in the desert in one spot. The weather's still in complete disarray, as many of the... Uh, Western part of this nation are finding out as they're getting pounded by snow. Welcome to my reality, folks. It's about time, but I guess that's kind of an underhanded, not-so-nice statement. <laughs> it's The weather's in complete disarray here. Um, you know, the planet still continues to have its massive changes. We've had massive earthquakes again and again and again throughout the week. So... I guess let Matthew touch on anything. If he wants to point out some stuff on these two articles, I haven't really had time to look them over extensively yet. So, Yeah, Brian, uh, it would be uh, be my pleasure to. I, I was hoping that you had already read them, but I guess not. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Diamond Vice turns hydrogen into a metal, uh, potentially ending 18-year quest. Last October, uh, Harvard University uh, physicist Isaac uh, Silvera invited a few colleagues to stop by his lab to glimpse something that may not exist anywhere else in the universe. Word got around, and the next morning there was a line. Throughout the day, hundreds filed in to peer through the benchtop microscope at a reddish-silver dot trapped between two diamond tips. The scientists finally closed shop at 6 p.m. to go home. It took several weeks for the excitement excitement to die down. That excitement swirled because by squeezing hydrogen to pressures well beyond close to the centers of the Earth, Silvera and his post-doctorate Ranger Diaz had seen a hint that it had morphed into solid metal capable of conducting electricity. If it's true, it would be fantastic, says Renard Boiler, a physicist at the Carnegie Institution for Science in Washington, D.C. This is something we as a community have been pushing to see. For decades. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. The feat reported online this week in science is more than an oddity. Solid metallic hydrogen is thought to be a superconductor. Able to conduct electricity without resistance, it may even be mestatable. Meaning that like diamond, it is formed at high pressures. The metallic hydrogen would maintain its state and even its superconductivity once brought back to room temperatures and pressures. Ladies and gentlemen, let me 
I'm emotionally distraught because I have to say things that I have to say. Um, but let me uh, let me read just a little bit more. But the additional material makes it tricky to interpret laser measurements of what's going on in the center. Furthermore, past pressures of about 400 gigapascals, about 4 million times atmospheric pressure, the hydrogen turns black, preventing the laser light from getting in, squeezing hydrogen at ultra-cool temperatures. Scientists may have found the boundary where it becomes solid metal. Hydrogen is a gas at low pressures in a region too small to be seen in the lower left of the illustration that they present. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. You who are in the Ecclesia… Uh, have heard me mention many times about what is locking the shaft of the abyss, uh, this machination, you have to understand. Um, we create a magnetic field uh, that is exactly 24.3 degrees off of the celestial magnetic field provided by, of course, the heart of our solar system, the sun. With that in mind, if you can picture it in your mind, if you were trapped inside the core of the earth, there would be no way out because there's two entrances and two exits. Ladies and gentlemen, you, you have to understand uh, what I just said. Let me read to you. One verse, as it relates directly to the core of this planet. Please take note that the Brian and I, uh, first and foremost, shared with you as soon as the information come out that the reason why uh, the earthquakes was increasing was because every time an earthquake pops off, um, they detected through the reverberation through uh, the seismographs that one side of the core had begun to crystallize. Revelation, the ninth chapter, and the very first verse. And then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth. The power was given them as the scorpions of the earth have power. Told not to hurt the grass of the earth nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were permitted to kill anyone. But to torment 
five months. And the torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They belong to die and death flees from them. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's where all your stories about the zombie apocalypse comes from. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the absolute worst punishment that God can inflict is not to allow you to die, but to linger. Ladies and gentlemen, many conspiracy theorists have talked about this key to the shaft of the abyss. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea what I could share with you on a academically scientific level about what they have done and why it is that they have been speculating about the superconductive state of hydrogen uh, 50 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, this is real. This is live, this is local, and this is late-breaking. This is why, in 1935, Princeton University physicists predicted that beyond 25 GPA, the non-conductive solid hydrogen would become metallic. Experimentalists passed that threshold decades ago with no sign of solid metal because they had no way to achieve those pressures until somebody thought up the idea, I know how to do it, I know how to do it, let us do it with temperature. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Now they have a way to conduct a drill bit that can penetrate into the abyss. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I strongly suggest you get a hold of this article because what are your watchmen actually watching? Oh, my goodness. All of them love to argue publicly in front of the Lord's children uh, about whether a generation is 40 years or 80 years or… Oh my goodness, the endless entertainment that these so-called Sephardic watchmen distract the bride with, or shall I say the woman, as she desperately tries to gain wisdom and knowledge and understanding on how it is that she can prepare her garments for the coming of Christ the King. Because they know in their childlike hearts that he reigns by the living God. He reigns, baby. Besides him, there is no other. As for me, I do not take on the illustrious titles of shepherds accredited by academia. Nor do I purport to be a conspiracy theory watchman. 
I just told my firstborn son today, I'll tell you what I am, boy. I'm a sheepdog. That's the best I can do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please do your research. By all means, uh, research the Bakken and what depths they have plunged to. Of course, the problem is that they have reached a maximum depth that they can with their drill bits. And then they have to explosively frack their way through the foundation of the Lord our God's footstool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Brian, your thoughts, please, before I get too emotionally uh, worked up about this article and your thoughts on uh, what I read. Uh, I would hope that you've had time to read this and realize that I have no idea what you were talking about, this tank that's supposed to be unpenetrable. Uh, I, I've never heard of this article. You seem to have trumped me again. Uh, I don't see how it could be physically possible that, that this – uh, armored vehicle uh, could overcome uh, white phosphorus, uh, especially at high velocity. Uh, but, oh my goodness, perhaps they've told us this way too late. The Russians have already been forging with this metallic hydrogen, and perhaps there is no way to overcome it. Uh, Brian, your thoughts, please. Well, I think that's going to be one we're going to see in the days ahead here, trying to figure out if this is the case. And I mean, in light of that, you know, and I want to thank Deb for catching a few of these articles. Um, we had uh, one of these popped out of the Independent this week. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev says it looks like the world is preparing for war. Um, Soviet Union's final leader says NATO and Russia forces at point-blank range. And if people have been paying attention to this, um, NATO has been pretty much had an extensive buildup all around the Russian border. And there's tanks that have been placed all over the place throughout. Uh, I know that there's some in Germany. I think there's some up in Poland. They've been moving a lot of these tanks right up there, um, right up on the border. And... You know, so it's NATO is still moving forward to take action against Russia. And I would have to say that most of this is in part due to Ukraine. And this was the one that Deb caught early in the our earlier this week that really hit me sideways. Julia Timonshenko to visit the U.S. on working visit from January 29th until February 4th. And if people remember, or those that are unfamiliar, she was basically the initiating factor that started the Ukrainian crisis in the first place. And she's had her hands deep into causing mass amounts of chaos and using some very dark means to go about this. And that's where I'm going to jump over to the next section, because folks, if you paid attention to the Ukraine crisis when it was happening... Massive amounts of Blackwater forces, which are United States mercenary forces that were created, mind you, by the Crusader Dominionist right-wing aligned groups. And folks, do yourself a favor. Type in Eric Prince 
who is the founder of Blackwater, and then type in Trump into the news. Because it's everywhere. Domestic conspiracy that gave Trump the election is in plain sight. Here's another headline. Trump education nominee Betsy Devos lied to the Senate. Now, who is Betsy Devos? This is Eric Prince's sister, already in the Trump administration. Boss of security firm backed by China gets Trump inauguration invite amid speculation about links. And it's already been proven on top of it that he is advising Trump from behind the scenes. Notorious mercenary Eric Prince is advising Trump from the shadows. And he's going on to basically, he wants to reinitiate the CIA assassin ring that operated during the Vietnam War for use against ISIS. Let's see, what else do we got here? Blackwater founder Eric Prince, the brother of Betsy Devos, is secretly advising Trump again. Notorious Eric Prince set to make a comeback under Trump. Eric Prince's mercenaries are bombing Libya. All right, folks, do I still have that one up? All right, in the executive order that was released today, I'm just going to throw this off of memory. Basically, what was stated in there is that they could take illegal actions against ISIS that are not approved by the international community. Now we can understand why that was written into that bill, because he's blatantly telling you we are going to be using these mercenary forces. Now, it's almost in hindsight that I had wished that we had covered more extensively the threat of these crusaders taking over the United States government because they have gone and done this, folks, as we speak. And this should have been covered a long time ago, and unfortunately now it's a little too late because now we're dealing with them in broad daylight. I mean, explain to me. Please get back to me and explain to me why is it that the Crusader Dominionists needed their own private military force? Amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, just what Brian had just come out of his mouth. Oh, my gosh. If you only knew, if you only understood let me put this in, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, someone is in the chat room uh, that is uh, unfamiliar to me publicly, so to speak. They made a comment about Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, fourth verse. Uh, I just put in uh, a link to the image uh, that will help them understand that very uh, same verse in the Greco Bible source code. Uh, me and Brian is going to address the topic as lightheartedly as we can. Uh, someone asked me just exactly what Operation Eagle's Wings was. And we had no idea what that is. So we're going to take a uh, quick break, uh, play this song. It is a parody, of course, and I found it rather quite humorous. And I think Brian is going to get a kick out of it. Uh, but after the break, I've explained this so many different ways that we're just going to I take a pause from my ramblings 
We're going to let Brian answer this very important question. Uh, we've only got 18 minutes left, and that should be able to do it. But uh, uh, I'm not trying to upset anybody uh, with this song, uh, but it, it, it really is quite humorous and really quite uh, truthful. Uh, so uh, please do enjoy as soon as we get back our resident expert, Brian Ingram, uh, shall explain to us what Operation Eagle's Wings means biblically. Uh, so, uh, like I said, please don't get offended at the song, but it really is quite uh, humorous, and it's just a parody. I mean absolutely nothing by it. Just a beast to teach And then there came along This Larry Norman song As the credits rolled I was traumatized At eight years old Two men walking up a hill One disappears And one's left standing still I wish we'd all been ready Now I know it sounds insane But in my adolescent brain At rapture's date It seems that folks would be leaving At a 50-50 rate So if I was with a person wasn't quite as good a Christian, it was clear that I'd be raptured and they would be left here. But if I was with my mother, my sisters or my brother, I knew without a doubt that they'd be taken and I would be left out. Man and wife asleep in bed She hears a noise And turns her head He's gone I wish we'd all been ready Now there's a real good reason not to Marry someone better than you are That's plain to see But I married up So it's too late for me And so the thought occurs inside my head Every night when we get into bed Will I awake To find her body gone And her clothes all laid out straight Cause that's the way it happened in those films I guess you're naked when the Lord returns It makes me quite self-conscious And to be honest Just a little bit nauseous 
There's that little phrase that brought us Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins. Their books brought that rapture back into my postmodern thinking. I thought I'd pushed aside that childhood terrified by the last days. I have to say, it's like I'm trapped inside an eschatological maze. Pre-trib, post-trib, or pre-millennial, post-millennial, amillennial, pan-millennial, preterist, or, or vegan. And what if I'm wrong? But if I want to believe in a holy, sovereign king, is it just a cop-out to believe that he has? Control of things. Tom, the time is now at hand. I hope that you can help me understand. I think I might be ready. We've braved the lines, we've seen the signs. Now, what does Daniel say about end times? I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but that that vegan that was just that was classic. Uh, that was classic, and I mean no offense uh, by it. Uh, but Brian is going to talk about right now what what really is biblical. This 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 really uh, is uh, from a biblical worldview. This this is what God actually says. So. Uh, Brian, uh, can you very lightheartedly uh, explain to everybody just exactly uh, what is to come with Operation Eagle's Wings? Yes, indeed. I think it's important this is addressed anyways. Stating that we have a certain set of events. See here, let's uh, everybody go over to Revelation 12. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and crying out in birth pains, agony of giving birth, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great dragon with seven on his head, seven diadems, tail, swept down a third of the stars of heaven and the earth. Stood before the woman who was about birth, so that when she bore her child, bore it. She gave birth to a male child, one who was to rule all the nations with the rod of an iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And that's the verse they're using in defense of what they're saying is going to happen in September. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God 
in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now a war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient servant who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now is the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love their lives, not their lives, even unto death. Now everybody take note of verse 11 and remember that. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, but the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. Serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon has poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Now remember everybody, I said notice 11 and 17. Okay, 11. Conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Now we have a second group named in verse 17. Dragon became furious, the woman, and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who can keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Now, there seemed to be great controversy concerning a question that was asked on the social networks. Well, who is the woman? Folks, verse 17 tells you plainly Quite plainly, the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. Who are the rest of her offspring? Those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So now you already plainly had the woman identified. You know, and I saw comments that, well, that doesn't have anything to do with the church when verse 17 is quite plain that it does. Which means what? The woman is going to be taken to a place that has been prepared for her. And as Matthew brought up, Operation Eagle Wings, it's right here. But this is not what they are teaching you in the Timothy LaHaye aligned churches at this stage. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's just remember that this is an isochronal event. This has happened before. This is why God tells us how we are to view uh, end times uh, events. Uh, He tells us quite plainly that the Maya actually had it right. Time is cyclical. Uh, He says it with his own mouth repeatedly in the book of Ecclesiastes, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, we have to take note uh, there in verse 14. But the two wings of great eagle were given to the woman. Let's take note. This is an isochronal event. Exodus 19 and verse 4. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. In the past tense, of course. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 11. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young, he spread his wings and caught them. He carried them on his pinions. Making himself perfectly clear, this event happened in the past. But take note of what the Lord our God puts in the future tense as he described to his servant Isaiah in the 40th chapter and the 31st verse. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and will not. This is true. God was telling us the truth that there is nothing new under the heavens. It is true when he told us that he chases after that which has been. It is true uh, what he told us uh, about the end being declared from the beginning. That's what he meant. Uh, This is the whole purpose, of course. Uh, When you look at Job, the uh, 42nd, uh, well, the 41st chapters uh, of the book of Job, temporally, you begin to understand what he was doing. Uh, uh, when you're able to see, uh, well, how deep and how wide and the breadth of the Bible God's holy word actually is. Uh, so there is the fo- that is the uh, facts of the matter, ladies and gentlemen. And we're coming up on uh, three minutes uh, to the end of the broadcast. And I, I hope that you enjoyed all the news that the Bry and I uh, have covered. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, Brian was cutting out a little bit there at the end. Uh, it's all right. We're we're used to the uh, shenanigans uh, that seem to uh, plague us, but take note, um, they cannot end us as the Bry and I will live forever. And... Uh, We are hoping uh, that the rest of you follow us to where it is the flight of the eagle's wings ends at there at the tabernacle of David. Uh, Please look that up and get familiar with it. And it has nothing to do 
with the Latin language. I assure you. Uh, I assure you. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I would suggest that you go over to the social networking site and find the Brian I. Uh, we're over there. It's very easy to find us on Facebook. I just look up In Time Tribune. You'll find us. Uh, that's where we'll be. Uh, you'll find uh, quite a lot of audiovisual aids there. Uh, this broadcast included. Uh, we're doing everything that we can to get the woman's garments ready. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible's very, very, very clear uh, about what the woman uh, should be doing uh, right now. Um, it's gentlemen. It's it's so very important uh, that you understand uh, that you must get your garments ready. Um, you must. I, I know that uh, a lot of you uh, may be uh, confused about uh, what was talked about here tonight. But I hope not. Um, I hope that we were able to uh, shed some light on some issues, uh, cover some earth changes, uh, Trump change. Uh, as much as I uh, detest the entertainment industry, uh, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, God bless, God speed. Uh, Brian, if you'd like to say good night, please. We shall end the broadcast. Abruptly. Thanks for joining us, folks. Good night or good day, depending on when you're listening. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the it. We're down to the last seven seconds. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>